Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Doing really well. So uh, I know that you went to Frisbee and I'm dying to hear how it was. So tell me, tell me, how was it? Oh, my God, it was amazing. Uh, I, I just got back to Seattle a uh, day and a half ago, so I'm still kind of jet lagged. But, you know, Frisbee is just kind of like this magical event and uh, i have this analogy that i've been using that kind of resonates with me i i think of frisbeer as kind of like brigadoon i don't know if you're familiar with that that musical or that story but uh, brigadoon is this mythical place that opens up every hundred years for three days and then people go to it it's like this magical fantasy land and then it closes up in three days and i'm like frisbeer is the brigadoon but you don't have to wait a hundred years to go to it, you can go to it every year and it opens up for three days and then it closes. So, you know, it's just a, a whirlwind, surreal experience. And um, I recommend anyone who hasn't gone there, go. You you know for sure what that feels like and what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. I mean, I wish, I really wish that I would have gone this year, but um, that that is the best analogy for first beer that I've ever heard. Like going there is just a wonderful, wonderful, magical time where you have so much fun. You hang out with your friends, you jam your brains out, and you forget about it. everything else that has to do with life. It's just a big fun party time. Yeah, and what's crazy is that it just like it disappears. Like you, it almost almost seems like it's a dream. So that's why that Brigadoon analogy resonates for me. So you know, another really cool thing that happened at Frisbeer was the dial judging system that Ryan Young uh, brought to the table and. It was an amazing experience. I think it was overall thought of as a pretty big success just from the, the way the tournament ran. I've, I've never experienced anything like it. Yeah, we have Ryan Young on the call with us to uh, give us a little bit of a debrief of how this knob judging system went. So, Ryan, welcome to the call. Hello, thanks for having me. I know we talked about the the knob judging system. Do we call it the knob judging system or do we call it the dial judging system? I call it the dial system just that's what all my projects are named now, so it's okay. it's official. It sounds a little bit nicer than knob, so I like that. Okay, so Ryan, why don't you give us a really brief overview of what the dial judging system is, and then tell us how did it go running the dial judging system at Frisbeer? Uh, so it's very simple. Each judge has uh, like a physical knob. It's just a volume like spinner that you have. When you're judging, you're giving a score between 0 and 10, and you can turn it in real time and you're trying to match your number to what you're seeing on the field at that time. And then at the end, I calculate all the scores for you and then display it on the scoreboard immediately. So we talked to you in a previous podcast about the details of how it works and how things are calculated and whatnot. So if anybody's interested, go back and listen to that podcast for the details. So Ryan, go ahead and tell us, how did it go running it? Uh, I thought it went really well at Frisbeer. All the back end part held up well. I thought the judges were able to learn how to use it like everyone was able to figure out their their system for judging very quickly. On the first day, we did a little bit of education and all the judges came together and we watched a routine and we judged it together. After that, everything was very smooth. Dexter would call up the team, they would judge, 
for three minutes and as soon as the three minutes are over they would see their place on the scoreboard and then like 10 seconds later dexter could call up the next team the results are pretty accurate especially on the first two days uh like the semis days and then on the finals day i know there was like because the teams are much closer together in skill and like the routines are much more similar on finals day there could have been more opinions but I thought the results held up well. I thought the results were accurate, especially the people who won. I think once you start getting down into that third and fourth, then it started to get a little gray. And that is, I think, where a lot of folks are kind of like, well, what are the specifics about what is actually happening and what what they're doing judge-wise? Yeah, that makes sense. So when you did the initial training with the judges, how much instruction were they given on how to turn the knob? Was it like general impression? Were they looking for specific things? We went with general impression, all three judges. So how I talk about it is there are two things you should figure out before you start. One is what is your five look like? In the FPA system, like I think guidance is a six and I base all my diff scores on that. So it's about figuring out what a five looks like in a routine. That way you can like match it. All you're doing is like, is it above, at, or like below a five and kind of go from there. And then the second thing is when nothing is going on, like after a drop or after you catch, there's some downtime before you throw and the disc has to fly in the air to the, your partner. Like, what do you do in that time? So everyone should have, like, figure out, like, how many points they should give away when nothing is going on. So, like, how do you decrease your score when nothing's happening? So those are the two key points that I teach the judges. That makes sense. So then you've kind of got your middle ground and you're building from there. And then um, depending on how long of a lull there is, you start to back off. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So were the were the judges discussing as the weekend went on, were they having conversations with each other about, well, here's what I'm looking at and did it get more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Precise or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, were they, was there a learning that was happening that was starting to make it flesh out more? I believe that learning curve was very short. Like it was less than the first day of competition. And then they were pretty solid from there. After the routines, uh, people were coming up and asking, does the scoreboard match what you expected? And they would, the judges would say yes. So I think it captured their idea well. Yeah, I think so too. And I think everybody was pretty much agreeing. It was like, okay, the, the results, the numbers are matching what people felt or thought should be. But there wasn't this specific thing to hang their hat on. So I think they were kind of left in this limbo about, well, how did it get to that number? And I think that's the 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 thing that people are kind of and struggles not the right word, but that's the dilemma that they're kind of dealing with at this moment. So there's I guess there's two questions that kind of that come that thought. The first is what the judges wanted to give, like with the score that they and they intended to give was that reflected in the results and it sounds like the answer to that question is yes and i guess the other question is um did the results actually reflect what people felt uh it sounds like that's accurate that the the correct winners were chosen based on this system yeah yeah sounds like that okay yeah and i didn't hear one person uh have any issue with the the winners at all i didn't hear one complaint so that was just my observation would be interesting is I, I know there's efforts to collect feedback on how it how it went so it'll be really interesting to hear if there were any people that disagreed with some other results so i personally haven't been able to watch all the finals routines to see how the results sh- shook out so i don't have a, a strong opinion one way or the other yet what i can say from watching what i was able to watch is is amazing to watch the teams play 
know the answers immediately and then watch the next team go up right away. That was super cool. The lack of downtime, super cool. It kept me much more engaged in the live stream than I usually would be. Yeah. And, and as a player, it was really cool to like know that you were when you were up, you were up. And there was sort of an interesting quality. Like when you finished, you could look over at the scoreboard and see exactly where you finished. And so it was all just this new information that had not ever been experienced. So it was kind of like just taking it in and, and uh, all of it felt good for the most part. Um, and uh, one of the, the, the things that I noticed from a competitor aspect was that execution seemed to not be a driving force and people were getting rewarded for going for it. So it was kind of like that the ideal thing that I think we all want is to like, we want to see people go for it and not worry about catching and playing safe. So people started to become aware of that as the weekend went on. People were so, are so used to playing safe in like the FPA system, like, oh gosh, you got to catch it or else, you know, that game over. And then people started realizing like, oh, I have to go big so that I get the judge to make the knob go in the, the fast direction and not the slow direction. Uh, did you notice that too, Ryan? I totally adjusted my play for the system, this tournament. Like I realized even in the routine, I would catch something safe. Just like the disc would be a little bit too far away and I'd take an under the leg, like a flying under the leg. I'm like, I should have just went for the guidance there. There's no reason to check down in this system. I had the exact same experience. So when I was playing with Kuba, I first went and I kind of did a safe under the leg catch and then uh, I was like, wait a second, I, I need to change the way I'm approaching this. And so I was like hitting it really high and back rolls and just attacked a double spinning osis that was really probably not something I would have done normally. And bam, it was in my hand. So it kind of forced me to change my thinking in the routine itself as adapting to what I was seeing and, and how things were being rewarded. Yeah. So how did you guys figure that out? Because it sounds like the judges were not instructed on how to count drops, so you wouldn't necessarily know for sure that they weren't deducting you heavily. Well, for me, I was seeing that there were teams that were um, having six, seven drops, and yet they were still in the mix. And so it was like, oh, they're not getting the big minuses for the drops, and they're still being right in there with teams that maybe were having two or three drops. So the other thing that I, I was wondering is if, if either of you guys while you were in the routine, looked up at the scoreboard and saw your place and decided you needed to go bigger or go safer, change your play at all in the middle of the routine from having a live scoreboard? Uh, I was not able to see the numbers. I think I would have to, like how we set up the scoreboard in the gym, it wasn't quite big enough to be readable while in the routine. But I definitely looked at the, the time left, like that was visible, and I used that to like kind of decide how big to go and like how much time I had to hold out. It was what was interesting though, is to be on the sidelines and watching uh, the audience and the competitors looking over at the scores as it was going. And so you could see the one team, you know, the team that was ahead and the one team coming up and catching up to them and then overtake them because the numbers had a minus number when they were still below, but then it went positive and they were above. So I could be like 30 seconds left in the routine and you could see the team like minus 10 or minus 20 and they're right there and all of a sudden they barely go above and then you know there's 20 seconds left and drops back below minus and so you could i mean i can see how an audience would like start yelling at the team go go you've only got 
10 seconds and you're right there, you know? So that dynamic was certainly uh, playing out as we were watching from the sidelines. Yeah. You don't have to imagine it. That's what I was doing. <laughs> I actually was watching those numbers and go like, well, there was one team. I can't remember who they were, but they moved, they were really close and then they moved ahead and they were in first place. And then somewhere along the way, they moved back into second place and it didn't look like they were going to make it. And I was just sitting there going, come on, guys, you got to go bigger than you're going. You're not realizing where your position right here. You really got to work for it if you want it. Uh, it just, it was cool. It was very exciting. One of the things that I was struggling with on the, on the big scoreboard was watching the, um, the graph and seeing the different colors. I didn't really understand what all the different colors meant. Yeah, it does take some explanation. So there are four colors. Uh, the first three are gold, silver, bronze. So those are like the one, two, and three. And each section, each bar is color-coded with what place you're in at that time. So like if you were in first place for like these 10 seconds, those bars will be gold colored. So you, you can go back and see like where you had the lead. Right. And that's kind of cool because then you could go back and watch your routine, figure out what you were doing that gave you the gold and then what you were doing that knocked you back down. So you could really adjust your play based on that type of feedback. Um, huh, I didn't, I didn't know that. So there is that data that's there. So you could see how the play was going and how you were being judged at that moment. Yeah, so there's two axes, I guess, in the graph, or like two metrics it's tracking at the same time. One is how tall the bar is, and that's like how many points the judges were giving you at that moment. And then the color was what place you were in at that moment. So theoretically, you can go back and watch your routine and figure out exactly what the judges were thinking and how you were comparing to the other teams. Exactly. Every single moment throughout the routine, which is really cool. Uh, if you want transparency and if you want to be able to improve your game, I don't think you can get any more uh, accurate feedback than that. Well, I think it also shines a light on that it's actually much more specific. So even though the concept here is that, oh, it's general impression, it's actually very specific in the time and, and you're getting judged on this holistic view. You know, you can tell where you went big or where you, you know, you dropped. And I, I think that's probably the next steps. And maybe you agree as well, Ryan, is just that uh, I think people are going to want it to be more specific, have more guidelines about what moves the dial up, what moves the dial down, where, you know, like everybody's kind of on the same page and has the same rules. Yeah, I do think that will be an interesting discussion, but moving towards that is the right way, I believe. Yeah, and I, I think it'll give people more comfort. Uh, I think that there there's an element of vagueness, like, well, what, what just happened? <laughs> like, what, I don't know what to hang my hat on. And I think that there has to be a bit, a bit more, I don't know if, if, if accountability is the right word, but there has to be a little bit more structure so that people can feel confident that everybody is doing the exact same thing or everybody's looking at the exact same thing and trying to eliminate anything that is just random. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't think everyone's doing the exact same thing with the FPA system. That's the irony, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that the discussion we've been having about, oh, the FPA system is like this gold standard or something. And there's just as much, if not more, variation in the FPA system than what's happening right now. Humans are variable. I don't think we can get away from that. I'm not saying that I don't want more, more documentation and more instructions to the judges, but we also think we have to realize that that's just part of judging. You're, when you're there on the field, you're trying to impress the judges that are at the judging table. They may be different people. 
you have to trust their expertise. And that is the key is that uh, you have to have the expertise that's watching so that you feel confident that you're getting a valid, uh, a valid shake. I do like the idea that um, the judges get trained, like, like Ryan was describing. You watch a routine and everyone judges it. And then you could potentially you could have like, a, here's the correct way to judge that. And then all the judges could watch it, put in their results and then see how they compare to the correct scoring go through that a few times and adjust how they enter their scores to match the quote-unquote correct version. That's a very like machine learning way to approach the problem, yeah. except the humans are the machines. Except the humans are the machines, yeah. I would have to think that the, the fixed judges were kind of having that happen just organically as they were, you know, communicating with each other over the weekend. You know, they're checking like, where's your score? Where's your score? And like, were they close? And from my understanding is that they started to get pretty darn close where their final scores were um, that they were getting on the same page. So they were kind of by osmosis learning from each other what they were looking at and what they were giving value to and not giving value to. Yeah, yeah I also saw that. Yeah, So that's an interesting question too that I hadn't thought of before. So were the judges consistent amongst each other? I believe so. Like I heard them talking between teams and I heard several times them being within like 10 points of each other which I thought was incredible when each of them are like in the thousands. Like one experiment I want to try is throwing away the high and low score at any one time and then just taking the middle score and then seeing if the results are the same. Well, that was actually a comment that did happen and said that there, it'd be great if there were five judges and that way you could throw out the high and low, um, which wouldn't be too much more of a bandwidth issue to get a couple more people to, to be judges. Yeah, I agree. It's even less than the reduced FPA panel. Long-term goals, I'm like, now it's like, a, how much is this dial system going to catch on versus like the long-term viability of the FPA system? Like, which one should I be investing my time into at this point? Okay, so what do you think the odds are, or I don't know about odds, but what do you think it would take? Well, first of all, do you think that this dial system would be a good replacement for the FPA system for FPA sponsored tournaments? And if so, what do you think it would take to get there? Uh, okay, so the first part, I do think you could get very similar results with either system. Like I think at the level we're at and like where we are with like volunteer judges, like there are bigger factors than which judging system we use. But the big advantage is the dial system is so much faster, so I'll take those wins there. Like that's my driving force. And then about converting over what it would take, I think it would just comfort and maybe saturation, like trying to get as many tournaments as we can, like all the hat tournaments, like a German championship or an AFO to use it. And so people are comfortable and have expectations and can predict what's going to happen when they go to a tournament with this system. Because right now it's people are kind of like, maybe it, it like made results nice one time, but it'd be nice if everyone's like kind of agrees that the results are as reliable as the FPA system. But I think saturation is the way to go. Okay, so what do you see next for this system in terms of just defining the judges' training? Uh, I think I want to run it a few more times to see how it goes. Like, I'm curious to see what happens if I don't say anything and, like, a group of jammers, like, run a tournament. Like, I don't tell them anything and see if, they, if it just works magically. Like, that would be a, a huge win. So here's a question. So is this system capable of running on smartphones? Is that so somewhere you're going? It is not. 
but I have thought about making an in-browser uh, version of it. Like it's really just this, the dial is just an input to get a zero to 10 number. So it can really just be your thumb going up and down on a touch screen, which would work on your phone. Cause I'm thinking about, you know, like those smaller tournaments where like if you had three phones and you had the app and you could just do that, uh, touching on the, on the phone, is that fantasy land or is that possible? It is possible, but it is, it's a decent amount of work. It comes down to, will this replace the FPA system? So if it, if we decide to go down that path or pursue it, at least that is something I would do. That is the next step. I would try and move it like convenience is king. So having it on everyone's phone and you just like download it from the store for free. And then like, when you're done, it like uploads your results, like your servers is managed in like some central place that you don't have to worry about. So you only have like three phones. That would be, that'd be the way to go. And it sounds like it's possible. It's just a matter of having the time and effort to do it. Exactly. Especially now that uh, Turnova's like six months away, like I have to start devoting resources to making that like 100%. So it's like, do I put more work into the FPA system or do I like continue on with the, the dial system? Yeah, there's there's the dilemma, right? I mean, it's sort of crazy because Pandora's box has been opened. And it's like, well, how do we put that genie back in the bottle and like, oh, oh my God, that was really an awesome experience. And then, you know, to go back to the FPA uh, setup is how it's going to be an interesting experience. The biggest takeaway for me in watching it is that there were just so many pluses and that there is integrity in the system. It's just a matter of getting everybody to understand how to how to utilize it, how to use it, what what is exactly going on behind the scenes. And because it's the first time that it was used, it was, you know, everybody was kind of flying blind. So one one interesting uh, comment that also happened was that, so the real-time result was happening and you knew immediately when the routine was done. And so it kind of took a little bit of the excitement away. And not, not that it took the excitement away. I think there might be a better way to build that excitement by holding back one of the scores for 30 or 40 seconds. Team gets done and then the camera can move over to the scoreboard and the audience can look and sort of have this moment of anticipation. What do you think about that That suggestion? Uh, that somebody I actually had? thought about that before, but I, I definitely think that is a good way to do it. It's like very close to figure skating where they can calculate the, the dip score in real time, but they need the other part, the component score later few people brought that up i do think it's worth a try like at next frisbee that definitely can be part of the experience like i'll just add something that will delay the score until we're ready freestyle frisbee can have its own kiss and cry box yeah, exactly okay. <laughs> yeah I, I think actually one of the cool things that just took place um that gives this a lot of credibility is that there were so many players there and you know the top 30 players in the world were at that at that event so it wasn't just like this small tiny you know 10 player event and the the response was like wow that was really cool overall and i think the results were valid just to play devil's advocate a little bit okay um frisbeer it is does have a lot of people, but people aren't prepared. Maybe one or two teams have routines. Whereas Worlds, the top eight teams are going to have routines and be prepared to try to win. It was not as clear on the last day how accurate it was because the teams were closer together. And so I think there's a potential that there would be more issue at a larger event where people are more serious about winning and performing and winning. 
So I will play devil's advocate back at you and say yeah. that still plays out with the FPA system, that it's close. That issue is not going to be resolved by just having the FPA system because that still still plays out. Right. I, but I, but it's, all, it's an argument against change, whereas the right. FPA system already <laughs> exists. And so you have to prove that something else is better before you can change it. Right. So that the idea is that, <laughs> hey, the current system that's already in place has enough controversy. We don't need to have a new system that comes into place and creates another controversy. Right. Well, I mean, that's that's what would happen if there was a controversy. They would immediately say, well, if we wouldn't have switched, everything would have been fine. This would never happen. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm I totally agree that that it, we should just do it. Yeah. And I think you're right to say that because that's exactly. So what do you do with that, that situation? And part of it, I guess people just have to make the leap, right? And just do it and say, wow, the pluses outweigh the minuses for this. Well, I, I think everybody sort of agrees that this was really a, a positive experience. And, and now what are the next steps? And what do we do with this kind of cool little toy that has been presented to us? So first off, Ryan, thank you for all the amazing work that you've done and that you're continuing to do. I mean, you just constantly amaze me at how you're enriching all of our lives. Um, but I would like you to kind of just give us some final thoughts here now that you've been able to reflect for a few days about what happened and where you think it might go. And and yeah, just give us some final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I'm just excited to push it even farther, just refining it with all the feedback that we're going to get and then going from there. We thank you for everything that you've done. So, uh, Jake, with that, I will talk to you next week. Yep, talk to you next week, Randy. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the Frisbees.